Welcome, our listener, to another episode of Spam, Spam, Spam Humbug. This is episode 103 of the podcast, and we have actually a really great discussion lined up for you today. This week, we're diving into the topic of Shroud of the Avatar again. The game has officially launched, and so a few people from our cast of regulars and semi-regulars who have been playing the game chimed in with their thoughts on it, the current state that it's in, where they would like to see it go, where they hope to see it go, where it gets its things right where it gets things wrong all of that stuff so if you have at all been curious about how shroud of the avatar has been faring in the week or so since it officially launched this is the episode to listen to also just a reminder of course we are now hosted on anchor.fm a new and much more social podcast hosting platform you can find us at anchor.fm slash sssh podcast and take advantage of some of the neat community features there you can leave us voice messages up to a minute in duration or you can give our episodes applause and apparently if you're listening to us in the anchor app on ios and android you can also engage with us via the discussions tab there or at least you used to be able to i don't know if that's still a thing for those of you who do the smart home thing, though, you can find us live on Apple HomePod. Try saying, hey Siri, play the podcast Spam 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 Humbug and see what happens. And we should also be live on Google Home. Try saying, hey Google, play the podcast Spam 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 Humbug and again, see what happens. And as always, this episode of Spam 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 Humbug is brought to you by our Patreon backers. Thank you to everyone who supports a podcast and the Codex by that means. And as always, a hearty thank you to our co-producers, Seth, Dominic, Chris, Violation, Adam, Eric, Thorwan, Pascal, Helgriff, Aaron, the Hearth of Britannia, Edward, Stirring Dragon, Cranberry, Slegnor, Bruce, and Christopher. And now, enjoy the show. That's Draxnath. She's the developer of Record of the Dragon Goddess and a fan of several MMORPGs. Well, I have a, quite an odd setup since I have a, I have a three monitor setup on my computer. So. Okay. And that was Sir Klaus you heard just there. He has become a regular of the podcast and has been following development on Shroud of the Avatar quite closely, especially in recent months. Uh, um. Monitors is, has the, the game on the window. It's a full, it's a maximized window, and I have Discord in another, in another monitor, and the other monitor is off right now. But maybe I will use it for something else. This game is, has a lot of reading to do. There's a lot of thing. There are a lot of things to read. Yes. Um, it's the... much unlike. Uh, I think it's uh, this game has many qualities that are an acquired taste things most gamers do not enjoy or just plain do not like and reading a lot is one of them (laughs) okay now that's a curious statement can you can you tell us um a little bit more about what you mean exactly i'm used to reading since i i used to play text adventure games and also old rpgs like Ultima 6, uh, Ultima 7, uh, uh, Baldur's Gate, and a lot of games on, on which you do a lot of reading. 
Shroud is quite heavy on the text, and actually rather light on spoken dialogue, which probably reflects not only the uh, the aesthetic they were aiming to have in the game, but also the budget they didn't have when developing it. One common criticism I've heard as regards the dialogue is that, in addition to there being um, a lot of text to read, which, yes, is something of an oddity in a game in 2018, is that the UI really doesn't help matters, um, and in fact, even gets in the way. Yes, the, the UI for, uh, for the game is, is, a limitation, is a limitation for... Uh, for for the text itself because there's a lot of text and the small window in which you have to read the text is not in my opinion adapted to the, the quantity of text you have to read uh, as far as preference go i like i like the text uh, the quantity and some of the quality depends on the uh, on the person you discuss with in the game but uh, i feel that it's doesn't uh, translate well on the screen. I would, it's my preference, would have liked to see something more like a, a more traditional text-based, uh, graphic-based Ultimas, starting with uh, U7, where you have a window uh, which shows you the text in the middle of the screen, and maybe some close-up uh, to, uh, to the NPC uh, face from the camera. Um, many, many, many things like that. Uh, uh, actually, I was thinking the text box is quite small. Yes, and sometimes you have to click on continue just to see the, the next leg of the text. And it, it makes it uh, difficult to, uh, to appreciate uh, how good some of the, of, the, of the situation are in the game. When you discuss uh, some of the complex uh, issues that some NPCs have uh, in the game about their personal history of situations, it makes it um, while the text is not uh, it's not a, a literary novel, but mm -hmm. it's it can be sometimes quite good. It makes it difficult to uh, to convey the the weight of the, the situation. Yeah, one of the things I'm thinking is note-taking, since, well, most uh, modern RPG players are not used to it, but in my time, in my, in my childhood, when I played RPGs, I did a lot of note-taking, since there's so much to do and so much to read, so much to know, and people in... Current people, modern RPG players are used to have a journal which takes uh, automatically takes annotations of everything. And this this game has a journal which takes note of the most important things, but it's not everything. There are lots of things that that, that do not appear there, and they are important or well important details. They may not be crucial, but they are important in order to understand what's going on. Well, uh, I started playing role-playing games uh, a while back now. Uh, so my multi-monitor setup helps me because I can have a text editor or a note-taking application yeah. open and create entries as I play. And we are in so that's something people with a single monitor may not have. No, and and it's sometimes difficult because even I 
with multiple monitors. Uh, Shroud of your avatar is not very uh, <laughs> very comfortable as you. Uh, I, for me, when uh, when I do it, when I click outside the windows, the main windows uh, disappear, and I oh, have to, uh, need, to make you it reappear. You have to disable full screen. You have to disable full screen. Play the game on a window. On a window mode, yes. But yeah, sometimes when you do that, the, the main screen doesn't disappear yeah. when you click somewhere else. But it's it's usually okay because it's not a very difficult to uh, return to the to the previous situation contrary to some uh, older game when you uh, when you alt stabbed out uh, it crashed <laughs> it's yeah. we, are, we, we are lucky this is but when i yes you're right when i was starting uh, playing role playing games especially ultimas uh, in the early times i had uh, a notebook and a pen uh, with me and i took notes uh, especially for things uh, like uh, in, it was in the tail end of, of the Ultima series, but Ultima 8, uh, especially, uh, required from you that you take took notes to uh, to uh, to cast some spells. Uh, the, the sorcerer spells in the game were um, were t- taught you by by NPCs. They weren't in the in the game uh, in the game uh, in the game book that came with the game, so you had to take. Not for some spells. It was important, and if you uh, if you didn't, you didn't have internet or any other uh, capacity of having this information elsewhere. So yes, taking notes was very important. Nowadays, uh, even if you don't want to take notes, having a second screen can help you with uh, switching to uh, a wiki uh, wiki styles uh, website or uh, a Discord discussion where you can ask persons or look for information without even asking for uh, for clues for the game, just for mechanic, uh, mechanical aspects of the game. It's uh, it's a boon. But yes, taking notes, Shroud of Yata is something... It's it's one of the... I, want, I, I don't want to be negative, but it's one of the issues some people have with the game. It's not a game that is aimed with... Uh, Maybe with the current generation of gamers. Okay, so the wall of text dialogue style might not appeal to all gamers, and the interface doesn't make it quite as easy as maybe it should to actually dive into that text to see what's being said. Setting UI and dialogue style um, aside for a moment, though, how how is character designed in the game? Are are the NPCs fleshed out and, and worth engaging with? Um, right now, I'm checking the user interface. There's an NPC, Arabella, which gives some quests. And uh, I don't know, I just see the icon, I see it's highlighted and there are sparkles there. I already talked to her and and talked about everything she has to say and checked on the quests. I have both quests. She's still sparkling and yes, I don't because... know why, why is that. Because you have to uh, to finish the quest with her, I think. So uh, you have to. Uh, t- so you, since most NPCs share the same uh, lookouts, uh, maybe ca- they can mo- they can move in the scene where you are. They keep sparkling until you have finished the quest. But again, some NPCs are bugged and you still can finish some quests or some quests even when. They are finished 
continue uh, to uh, to show on the map. It's it's part of the, the, the cleaning up of the game they keep doing. For example, uh, we have to do some don't have to do, but you can do some quests about crafting, which uh, ask you to gather something like uh, 12 uh, raw cotton uh, items. And even if you did this part and you gave the cotton uh, to the NPC and you crafted what they required you to craft, they keep sparkling on, on, the, uh, on the compass. You keep getting this, this uh, information about a quest to get slash finish yeah, in the proximity, it's it's not perfect right now. It's it's it keeps getting better, but it's not perfect. I have some quests I can't finish because it's bugged and it keeps uh, existing in my uh, in my uh, game UI, if you will. Now, of course, Shroud of the Avatar is intended as a spiritual successor to the Ultima series of games, and an integral part of those games was the experience of character creation, which, in addition to choosing an appearance for your character in some of the games, was primarily focused on the casting of the virtues. Depending on which Ultima you played, the outcome of that casting could determine your starting stats or even your starting class. How well does Shroud recapture this experience? I mean, does it recapture it at all? For my part, I thought it's similar to Ultima 4 as... It's uh, as it's uh, uh, how to say that a gypsy question send you uh, in a path for the character and in a starting area, but since there's only three builds and three paths, it's a bit limiting. I it's it, they can keep it like like this, but I'd like to see uh, maybe some. Uh, some uh, something like separating the starting path, love, courage, or truth, and the character build that you that you get, so you are not forced uh, in in a uh, every time in the same uh, in the same starting location, if you will. Well, I think the the thing with the builds and everything might get quite complicated at first. Uh, since this kind of game is a sandbox game where you can do anything, uh, with my, uh, if you have different builds, that might confuse people. might get too confusing. Right now, uh, I don't... Uh, it was a long time ago when I created the character. and uh, One of the things that I didn't like was that there were no presets for the character's appearance. I don't know if, if that has changed, but, but have, giving you full control over, over your character and not offering you any presets at all, that's, uh, that's overwhelming. Yes. And there's a... There's a uh, I agree with you. But the, the, the second part about the... the problem of uh, presets is that <clears throat> because of uh, the way the game behaves, you don't have uh, quite often, I don't think right now of any time I've seen that um, uh, the camera closing up to your face, which means that all the sliders that you have, that you can have for the nose length or the lips or anything like that is, is useless in the game engine itself. What is great for character option is something that you that you can experience from a distance. 
for example, they introduced uh, the ability to have heraldry on some of your clothes, and things like having a preset face, like you said, with very uh, specific features, like beard and, and, and your hairstyles, different kind of hairstyles, and skin colors, or uh, maybe uh, skin tones. I, um, can help you differentiate characters from the distance from rather than uh, very specific uh, things like that. And um, in character creation, uh, you said builds can confuse people. Yes, but people are accused, uh, uh, have uh, the, the classic uh, things like having to be uh, to be able to play a paladin or a fighter or a mage or a thief. Or, um, or something uh, like ranger uh, type characters. And uh, right now, when you select your path uh, with uh, few two questions, there's no uh, there's no way to know which kind of build you will get and if it uh, will suit your taste. You, it's once you're in the game, once you have started, that you can check the, the abilities and decide if you want to 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 be uh, specialized in pole arms or one one weapons or maybe uh, in ranged weapons, and you have no uh, no ability to select that at character creation, you are forced upon with a very specific build in the game. Okay, and see, I was under the impression that that Shroud of the Avatar is supposed to be a classless game in in the sense that player characters aren't bound to a particular class. In fact, I'm pretty sure the new website for the game boasts about that facet of it. Um, in the end, it comes down to the skills you use. Right now, my character has 40, 43 on pole arms, 58 on blades, and 110 on ranged web, range weapons. Which means that you uh, use range weapons a lot in yeah. the game. And that's, that... uh, that's one of the things that I... <laughs> very used to is uh, using a ranged weapon and if the opponent gets too close switch to melee weapons yes that's the way i always play yes and it's okay for me uh, there's a lot of skill on ranged weapons yes for me i choose to uh to play uh something more of a mage and blade so uh mage and and uh and blunt so i Spend some points in uh, in fire damage spells and other kind of uh, offensive spells, and when it close up, uh, I can kick him with uh, my stuff, and I'm perfectly happy with that. But uh, all this build was done once I was in the game, and I and I play since uh, the first uh, build from Sota, so I have I have some experience be- behind that. But for uh, new new player in the game uh, they may not know what they can do and the current state of the game there's no uh, uh, there's no comprehensive uh, single uh, source of information in the in the character uh, creation or character builds uh, if you buy a shroud of the avatar on steam you don't have access to uh, to things like uh, a PDF manual for the game, for example, and you are ob- uh, you are forced to navigate on some wiki and ask questions, and 
well, it doesn't uh, detach the game. It may not be uh, easy for a person who just discover this kind of RPG and want to to play the game uh, right now. One of the things I am questioning myself right now is what is a watcher? What's that creepy, uh, that creepy drone, spider-like drone? <laughs> yes. The, it just scanned the, me right now, and it's, I don't it's, know what was that about. These these things are uh, the minions of the oracle in the game, because when you will, uh, I, when you were in the, did you uh, did you do the Isle of Storms or when you did the character creation? Or did you uh, do the character a long time ago? Uh, not sure. What? Not sure. <laughs> ah, because uh, in the recent uh, some, somehow builds, they uh, they did the character creation through uh, some tutorial in uh, in a place that is a floating island, which is called the Isle of Stone, which is outside of New Britannia itself. And uh, you're uh, the. When I created my character, I was on a place like with forest and trees, and there was a mirror, and then a look. Yes. Uh, then after the mirror, I went to a, a small hut with where I talked to the oracle and got yes. virtue questions and. That's that's awesome. That's right. Uh, so you did see the oracle right now. Uh, it's it's a mechanical face in this yeah. creepy looking uh, structure, which is quite uh, dark uh, with a, with a red eye on the front, uh, and uh, and the, you see in fact you will see some uh, some uh, minions of the oracle in the cities, where uh, either these drones are either spider-like or insect-like and flying around or looking around and usually they, they scan you they don't answer to your question or any type of uh, of discussion you want to, uh, to you can interact with them in a very limited fashion if you want to interact with oracle you have to go to a confirmatory in the town so, but they are creepy yes <laughs> Uh, I haven't had a lot of time to explore the game. C certainly not enough to um, to dive into the game world. Is there a lot of information out there for players to look at to get a better sense, maybe of what's going on in Novia, the the setting of the game? Uh, did you read the Sword of Midras uh, book, the Shroud of the Avatar novel? Um, no. Um, it was a PDF that was uh, released for some bakers. Uh, Kickstarter Baker, uh, and it was turned out uh, turned in a in a full novel uh, too, that you can buy on Amazon. It gives you uh, some background on New uh, New Britannia, if you will, uh, from some I think it's set 200 years uh, before the present time in the game, and it uh, it talks about the 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 end slash collapse of the Obsidian Order. It's it's a nice book and it's the most uh, complete fiction situational uh, we have in the, of the game history right now until a uh, book of law type is released, uh, which we hope is sometime this summer. 
Now, Shroud of the Avatar is mainly being reviewed at this point as an MMORPG, or at least as a multiplayer game. But it also has a single-player aspect to it, um, and it's even playable in an offline context. Have you at all had a chance to explore that side of the game? I started playing uh, uh, Shroud of the Avatar in, with multiple characters right now. Uh, one in solo offline game, and one uh, on the online games. And I visited all three outskirts uh, types uh, of uh, starting paths. I feel that they are uh, very nicely done. They uh, show you uh, in-game what uh, the principles of truth, uh, uh, courage, uh, and love are uh, for the in-game characters. There's some interesting situations that are set up, but um, once you, you end the, the starting quest, it can become difficult because uh, uh, what some, uh, some uh, current gamers are uh, accustomed to is that uh, the quest scale with your as you advance. Uh, what I want to, uh, to say is that if you, if you get a quest, most of the time you can uh, start it or finish it because it's adequate to your experience level. It's not the case in Shroud of the Avatar. Uh, some of the quests you, uh, you, uh, you get from the NPCs are way too complicated for your current level character to achieve. And you have to do some, uh, some side quests uh, and, or some uh, grinding to, before you can engage in them. No, it's, uh, it sounds very much like the developers approached the game, even in spite of attempting to create something that looks modern and 3D with a, um, with a very old school mindset. So I guess, I guess we should ask, how's the difficulty of Shroud? Well, that can, very, can be very difficult for modern players. I'm used to that, but... Yes, but, but, but journal helps you with that in a, in a capacity since... Uh, when you open the journal, it says that this task is maybe difficult for you, or may not be difficult for you. You have an, an assessment of the difficulty depending on your character situation, adventure level or crafting level. But uh, even then, um, it can be achieved usually uh, by grouping with other NPC, uh, with other pieces in the in the online game. And it should be possible in the offline game with the companion. Um, for example, uh, there's uh, two quests I think about. One in the city of Love, which is Ardoris. You are asked to retrieve uh, some information from the from the tower of the Shattered Eye. And boy, this is difficult because it's a tier four uh, scene, which means. Uh, very powerful uh, NPCs, creatures uh, that can in some proportion kill you with one strike so you have to be very careful in the game and if you want to advance uh, this quest and change the situation, you have to go there so you have to decide whether you want to advance this quest chain or keep it separate and uh, advance some other 
situation that you can discover. And uh, it makes, uh, uh, as you said earlier, taking notes uh, very important because since there's no uh, way to uh, search in the game uh, the journal or the, the, the quest log uh, that you can uh, that you are uh, accustomed to have in uh, more modern games like uh, uh, like uh, things like World of Warcraft or or uh, I don't know. Uh, uh, Pillars of Eternity, uh, if you want uh, offline games, uh, you can you can just forget that you are on some secondary adventure that are not uh, ready for you. You have to check the journal re- uh, with regularity, and uh, it makes the, the city themselves make it also complex because. Um, you have to uh, to uh, to visit the entirety of the city to find all the NPCs, and sometimes it means that you will run between sections of the cities uh, for quite some time. Uh, I don't know if you experienced some of the bigger cities out there or just the, the small towns. No, I've only been to Salt Town. Yeah, when you will go to uh, which, because uh, Sultan is next, uh, the next big city is Ardoris. Uh, uh, and but it's the same for any of the bigger cities. Uh, uh, they are usually huge, but unlike Sultan, in which uh, the outskirts of the city uh, are the player uh, player houses, uh, usually the bigger cities have a multiple. Uh, Nodes of fixed uh, location. For example, Ardoris, you have uh, the waterfront, the central market, uh, and the two castles that are on the extremities of the of the of the city. So usually, you have to uh, move from one one place to another to to check with an NPC, then return to another, and return to a third, and and try to. And discover some clue about something in a, a, another part in it. Just how are the cities? Like cities and RPGs can be hit and miss, right? If they're they're too small, it doesn't feel right. But if they're too big, it's just overwhelming to explore them. Since it's uh, it's mostly uh, populated of uh, player-owned uh, homes, it makes the experience very. Uh, oh, yeah. Very weird because you can have this kind of uh, three types uh, uh, home in the middle of the city, and doesn't uh, it doesn't look very consistent, if you will. Uh, and also, it's uh, create uh, an artificially uh, big city you have to run run through because most seventy uh, percent or eighty percent of the city will be uh, played t- play in homes. So it's not uh, a place you can check for anything interesting unless you want to interact with vendors, uh, player one vendors. But uh, they they did an effort to make uh, to try to make to unclone the cities, especially the big ones, uh, to make them uh, different for one from another. But um, it. Uh, I don't know. It's it's difficult to appreciate because of uh, of uh, of all the 
the the emptiness, if you will, of the city. Most of uh, of of NPCs that will uh, exist in the in the places where where the where the player characters can can create homes are just guards, and uh, other NPCs will will stay in the major node location. It's either in the market or in the castle or in the guardhouse or in the in the waterfront. And while it's good if you are if you are if you look at other uh, games that exist right now, it makes it weird. Uh, I'm not against big cities. I've I've run in World of Warcraft a lot uh, in cities like uh, Stormwind or Ironforge or Ogrimmar. These are huge cities. Are in in Elder Scrolls Online too, but in each of these cities, each home has a purpose, uh, which is not the case right now in Shadow of Yadda. But you have to uh, experience this yourself. You'll see that it's very, uh, it's not that they are not uh, pretty. Uh, it's that it's not useful. You are, you, sometimes you just want to uh, to fast travel to location in the city rather than run through uh, rows of quote empty buildings. Right. And speaking of which, what do you think of the different scenes in the game from both a graphical standpoint and you know also in terms of um, scale? Uh, for my part, I found that especially once you start you, you start to get out of the the starting area uh, when you go to the outskirts of each uh, of each location, these are these are pretty huge and pretty nice too. Well, I've been to I've been to the world map and been to the the Solar's Bridge and to Soul Town and right now it looks much better than than it did back then during the development. It's uh, it used to be very dark and right now there are many more light sources and the the scenes look much better. Yes, they did a great the job. They, uh, they are looks oh, much nicer. Yeah, they did a great job to unclone most of the, uh, some of the scenes to make them very different one from from another, and it's still one of the things they are working on since uh, since uh, the release, and they continue to work on is to and unclone. I I was very uh, happy to have uh, now in the game the the SOTA map uh, as an option to, uh, to get directions in uh, in the scenes because uh, before and you you may have experienced it you had to have the item being uh, being a map in the uh, for that scenes to get get a, a basic map. In the game, mm-hmm. and uh, it's it's much better and much easier to navigate uh, the scenes right now. Even if you have to uh, discover some of uh, the secret locations, uh, and it's really funny sometimes because uh, some NPCs uh, in some location are uh, are not uh, obvious, if you will. Oh, okay. At the uh, at the risk of inviting spoilers, can you give us an example or two? Uh, in the, I think it's in the, which is 
Uh, Hyvel Oldskuts. No, it's not Hyvel Oldskuts. It's the other one. I can't remember the name right now. You have uh, you have an NPC uh, which uh, collects uh, deactivated uh, monkey automatons, and uh, if you find him and you give him one of these. He can start you uh, on a quest to get a part of the Armor of Truth, uh, which is in another uh, secret location on the map. And I found it very interesting. Well, we should probably begin winding things down here. So the floor is open for um, any other comments about Shroud, you know, capturing something that we may have missed. What else did or, you know, didn't, if that's the case, you um, you like about the game? What else did you notice? Uh, I have been playing shroud for about a week now that by the way is golden flame dragon he wasn't able to join the main recording session but he sent in his thoughts separately and we've integrated them into the discussion here and i think it can be a really good niche game with some more polish and some better documentation and hopefully removing of some of the more ridiculous things there's a bard named spoonie in one throne room the children tend to ask what's a paladin if they get confused by your prompt I suspect a lot of things got added as jokes at various points over development and just didn't all get taken out as actual release neared. I could be wrong. I've been giving this some thought. I backed the game hoping for a successor to Ultima. Playing it now, I'm enjoying it as a successor for UO. Now, I'm someone who very much enjoyed both, modular the PKing. I played for years, UO for years, and spent years on the dev team for one of the emulators. The things I like about Shroud are largely things I liked about UO, and it has something that UO lacks and which caused me to bounce off UO the last time I tried to play it a year or two ago, which is direction. Like modern MMOs, and for that matter, modern RPGs, there are quests and they give you a reason to go places and do things. While being entirely within a fully open, go-anywhere-do-anything world. Uh, Those quests are, in the main quest lines anyway, virtues-based, and it's worth noting that I'm yet to see a single Collect 20 Bear Asses quest. Unlike most modern MMOs, people have entire dialogue trees, though some are unsurprisingly more like shrubs. Some of the quests require you to say the right things to people, which is definitely something that feels more single-player-ish. But your actions can't change the world. There's no phasing technology at work, at least not that I've seen so far. So when I found, for instance, evidence that a certain guard was a murderer, the captain of the guards thanks me, gives me some golden XP, and the next time I come to town, that guard is still employed. Uh, this isn't really difficult from, say, Anixia still being there advising Stormwind after you've killed her, uh, but it's a distinction that perhaps those who hope for more on the single-player side of things might see. Uh, what would I like that isn't here that would make it feel more like an Ultima? I'm not sure yet. Partially because I haven't played it enough and haven't seen enough of the story. Reports are that it's a little short and shallow, but I can't say myself yet. When deciding how much to weigh my words, consider also that I'm enjoying it as someone whose pledge means he started with a house and a couple of crafting stations. The early game experience of someone who wasn't a backer may vary. All right, thanks. Um, anyone else? On the, the game mechanism itself... Uh, I was happy to see that uh, the regions are back in the game. Uh, they are uh, right now. I think it's uh, when you uh, when you unlock the, the tier three uh, spells in the game, not the the more mundane abilities, but the spells themselves. Uh, the, the, these abilities require you to have uh, some of the components on you. Uh, they are not. Uh, Systematically, systematically consumed, 
behind the game. Uh, there's a small percentage that one or more of the regions will be used when you use the ability. So you still have to have some stacks on you, but it's less punishing than, let's say, you or, or uh, any of the more classical ultimas. Uh, you can still uh, cast some spells, um, even, even if you don't have uh, the regions themselves. Uh, that's something that the... <laughs> I think I read about some people complaining about it. About regents? Yeah. Ah, that's interesting because um, when I when I looked at uh, Shroud of the Avatar as it was building itself, I thought that this game was uh, especially dedicated to previous players of Ultima Online. Which, which had a lot of region to use, uh, use in it. Mm, there are lots of equipment for, for reducing the reagent consumption. Yeah. Still, you had to, uh, to, to, to farm this or buy some stacks and, and be very, 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 very uh, uh, sure that you had everything before going into a dungeon because, well... You wouldn't get out uh, easily unless you had a, uh, a rune marked to uh, to exit. Okay, so just before we end, can we cut back to the skill system for a moment? Um, as was discussed, Shroud of the Avatar is a class-free game. So, how how has your experience of the skill system been? It's nice. Uh, I I switched uh, from the static uh, type of. Uh, of abilities to the more uh, randomized uh, with uh, with uh, the, the random deck of uh, of ability, which it's okay for me. Uh, it's n- n- certainly not uh, what I expected, uh, but it's uh, it is you. It can be used as it as it is it right now. I'm still getting used to that. It had been a long time since I last played. If you, if you, uh, I don't, uh, from what I'm seeing, I don't remember how it was that I that I changed weapons. But I assume it was just uh, opening the inventory and clicking on them and equipping. Or yes, when usually I it's a right clicking. It's right-clicking and equipping. Yeah, but, there's, uh, no, there's no... I haven't found a quick shortcut or way to quickly switch between weapons. Since I don't have to do that, I can't answer it to you because I I was very... Uh, I went very... Uh, to very classical types of uh, one weapon or spells or just one weapon and a shield. But maybe there's a shortcut in the, in the game, but I don't think so. I don't think you can switch between weapons. It's not that type of game, sadly. But um, uh, I was uh, uh, right now in my com- my combat belt. There are the archery skills. There are a few light armor skills. Yes, and for evading. Yes. Then I have the four four spells. Yeah. And if you if you this these are the fixed abilities you can you can lock abilities in uh, in your uh, short combat uh, shortcut uh, 
and uh, after, but you can also uh, oh, to say that clean them up, make them empty, and then it will. Uh, you can have uh, your deck of abilities, and it will randomize uh, the, the the type of ability that will appear in in each of the slots. Um, mm. And so, if you have a lot of abilities and want to see them uh, appear in, and you don't have much, you can have a part of the, the shortcut bar being fixed for some spells that you want to have every uh, at, in every combat, and keep the rest uh, uh, appearing random, uh, randomly in, uh, in some type of cycle. It's it takes some time to uh, to be used to, but it can be interesting. So okay. finding my way, thinking what what are the activities that I'm going to do. Um, uh, maybe uh, hunting and pelting yes. and crafting the, the, leather yes. armor. Or? The game is very uh, is very uh, geared towards you participating in crafting in the crafting economy uh, whether you uh, craft yourself or you buy some components uh, from the, the PC vendors uh, that uh, exist in each town um, there's either a public vendor which is next to the to the crafting pavilion or uh, NPC vendors uh, in front of each of the PC homes uh, which can uh, offer you for some money uh, superior equipment. Because in the game, you can only buy basic equipment to NPC vendors. If you want uh, better equipment, you have to craft it yourself or buy it from, uh, from a PC, which, <coughs> which is an interesting di direction. Uh, but it takes uh, some time to get used to. For example, you won't uh, get uh, great loot uh, from some, from most of the of the NPCs. What you may get is uh, crafting material of better quality, but you won't get a superior weapon from most of them. Right. So this is probably a good wrap-up question. Um, is there is there anything in particular that you feel differentiates Shroud of the Avatar from other games in, say, the MMO space or in the single-player space, for that matter? One of the things that differs that differentiates this game from others, for example, I've been playing Terra. Yes. Uh, it's a Korean game, and there have been so many changes to the to the crafting system. It was the last change made the crafting actually useful because there are things, there are the best equipment that it doesn't really require you to have crafting, but there are, there are items which are required in order to enhance or upgrade your gear, and that requires actual crafting. You need the but the, they gave some use to the crafting skills with that, but I think it's just uh, very shallow. It's uh, You need, for example, armor crafting, and for, well, for upgrading the jewelry, you need 
let's call for the higher level jewelry you need uh silver plates and in order to craft silver plates you need uh, silver sickles okay in and and in order to craft silver sickles you need silver talents and the silver talents can only be obtained from loot on the higher level dungeons. Yeah, classical recruit uh, too. Yeah, I, I think that's yes. the only use they have for, for armor crafting. Yeah, and no, for it's weapon crafting. That's for the same thing with which are the golden talents, which yeah. are converted to golden plates. And In Shroud, you have you have you can craft. Uh, basic uh, things, basic uh, equipments, uh, very fast. You still have to, uh, to, to do some hunt or some mining because you have to, to have a lot of uh, raw material to get, uh, uh, processed material to get uh, your, your crafting done. Uh, and it's a game in the game. And it's like yeah. Ultima Online. You have to dedicate some precious time to just crafting, if you want to uh, to craft. Yeah. But on once Terra, you do that... On Terra, since it uses levels, yes. the, the, all the crafting, you can craft lots of equipment for different levels, but I can tell you right now, a few hours ago, since I'm the guild master, and I'm on... I'm, I lead a guild which is on the top 10 on the <laughs> server I play, we're on we're the um, within the top ten. It's a guild with a, a lot of people and very active. And the I, a few hours ago, I was playing on a level thirty character, which I created for helping new ca- new characters. I joined a few uh, a few players, and we. We ra- we did a dungeon run, which is uh, about fifteen minutes per run. We did three dungeon runs, and I advanced from level level thirty to level thirty nine. Well, so so uh, you can outgrow your your yeah. your equipment quite fast. Yes, yeah, the the equipment I had level twenty seven equipment. Then the next next level of equipment is level thirty four, and then level thirty eight, and the yes. next level is forty four. I think so. Which which uh, is an issue so, with most of yes. Yeah, in just forty five minutes, I went from well, I outgrew three three tiers of equipment. Yes, that's that's the issue with most of uh, the level bus games, uh, whichever it is, which is uh, World of Warcraft or Elder Scrolls Online or, or um, Star Wars: Build of Public. As soon as you ca- as you start uh, playing the game uh, digitally and and start leveling up, you you outgrow uh, your your equipment quite fast, and sometimes. It can be a deterrent because once you are once you have a very basic equipment, you can't. Uh, you must hunt for better equipment before uh, continuing your quest. Uh, and 
because until you do that, you can get your ass kicked very fast because you are not on the top uh, item level <clears throat> for your character. In short of the avatar, because it's a, it's a, it's a level-less game, you don't outgrove the, the, the even that fast. Uh, the, the bonuses are, are nice, but they aren't required for you to, to, to play. And I know I have uh, three different characters right now, and each has a different kind of level of equipment. What I like in the game is the ability to customize it in a way, because you can um, you can craft uh, equipments, and then you can apply uh, uh, a thing called a pattern, which will give a different appearance to the game, to to the item itself, and. Some of the of the patterns that you get from uh, Kickstarter uh, uh, or uh, Grant Tour uh, items or uh, items that you can buy in the in the marketplace uh, in the the Portalarium marketplace gives you eternal patterns, which means that these patterns can be loaded forever. So you can apply um, a specific uh, kind of looks to your armor and uh, don't uh, have the, the armor to look exactly what for what it is craft uh, it's it's a very nice system i like it right now maybe i i'm going to get tired of it but uh, right now i like it <laughs> uh, thank you for the discussion maybe uh, we can uh, discuss uh, shroud of the avatar in a later time because I want oh, to right. play it uh, a light more uh, and maybe discuss some of the more uh, later uh, later tier uh, situation that you will discover in the game. Uh, uh, maybe uh, we can we can see if we can do a, a spam 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 Hamburg. Maybe a friendly uh, friendly expedition sometime later in the yeah, in the months to come and discuss about that uh, uh, on the podcast. Yeah, definitely. I think we'll have to set that up if uh, if at all we can. And I'm sure we'll have plenty of opportunities to revisit Shroud of the Avatar as well, just as a discussion topic in future episodes, since the game is likely to change pretty significantly now that it's out and in the wild and Portalarium are able to hopefully put um, more focus on polish and refinement. All right, well, thank you both for the discussion this evening. This was some interesting perspective on the post-launch state of Shroud of the Avatar. Thank you and have a good night. Goodbye. If you want to participate more directly in the podcast, you can send us an email at ultimacodex at gmail.com or if you're feeling a bit braver, you can leave us a voice message in one of three places. The podcast website, our Facebook page or on anchor.fm. You're also welcome to join us on Discord to chat with us and to lurk or contribute to podcast recordings when they happen. If you want to join the Ultima Dragons, you can do so at udic.org, where at you can choose your very own dragon name. You can also find the Ultima Dragons on Facebook and on Google+. You can follow at Ultima Dragons on Twitter, or join them on Slack or Discord. And if you're feeling really old school, you can even fire up a Telnet client and check out the Wearmount. 
If you'd like to support Spam 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 Humbug, you can do so at Patreon, where for as little as a dollar a month, you can get access to episodes the day before they go live for everyone else. You'll also get access to behind-the-scenes audio on occasion and possibly other interesting content. But if a monthly subscription isn't your thing, you can always buy your video games at GOG. We are a partner of that fine site, and every time you buy one or more games at GOG via the links on our websites or in the show notes, that helps us out. But we also welcome your moral support. You can like the Ultima series on Facebook, follow at Ultima Codex on Twitter, or leave the podcast a review on iTunes. And you're welcome to share our episodes with your friends and social media circles. Spam 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 Humbug is a production of the Ultima Codex. You can find show notes online at spamspamspamhumbug.com. Thank you for listening, and until next time, be virtuous. Be virtuous.